Welcome to Courageous Help by BASE, where we believe in the power of assistance to change the world. I'm Natalie Turner, Executive Assistant at BASE. Here on Courageous Help, we sit down with current and former assistants who are challenging the status quo. From impacting global business practices to molding new career paths and beyond, all while managing their full plate as an assistant. Join us while we explore how today's assistants can leverage their position to drive positive change. Today on Courageous Help, I am really excited to be chatting with Hallie Warner. Hallie is currently the Chief of Staff to the founder and CEO of Adam Hergenrother Companies, where she's worked for over 10 years. She is also the co-author of The Founder and the Force Multiplier, How Entrepreneurs and Executive Assistants Achieve More Together, and the host of the Founder and Force Multiplier podcast, which explores how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. And I have had the pleasure of being on that podcast before with Paige, of course. So this is fun to kind of get to do the reverse. And just to start us off, if if there's anything else you want to share about you, that's amazing. Or otherwise, we find that assistants, and now, of course, your chief of staff, um, Mm -hmm. but they often have pretty unique stories for how they got started in this career path. And I think over all the years that we've kind of been in each other's orbits, for some reason, I've actually never heard kind of your your origin story. So could you tell us about your unique experience for becoming an assistant? Sure. Yeah, I always find it fascinating, too, how people get into this career. I, I find that a lot of a lot of individuals do kind of fall into it, yep. not knowing that that's what they want to do. It was a very similar case for me right out of college. I've, I've been an assistant my entire career. Okay. So right after college, I started working at a nonprofit as a marketing and public relations assistant, kind of helping the, the lead fundraiser, you know, get donors and, and get funds. So that was my first assistant role, loved it. And then from there, I moved on to become an executive assistant at the principal of a large public high school in a very rural community. Hmm. And that was an intro. And I was like 23 years old. I have no idea how I got that job. I, I, I attribute it to the fact that the I think the town had maybe like 2000 people in it. So that probably had something to do with why I was hired. But that was a great experience too. I learned a lot about just the basics of like office management yeah. and how to support an individual and like the inner workings of, you know, there was, I don't know, 500 staff members. So yeah. that was really interesting. And I only did both of those jobs for a combination of maybe three years, three or four years out of college. And then I turned 25 and that's when I met Adam and I've been working with him for over 12 years now. And a similar story, like I started as a marketing assistant. He He's in the real estate business. So I thought mm-hmm. I am going to become a realtor and mm-hmm. I am going to have my own TV show, like Million Dollar Listing or Selling Sunset or something like that. And I'm going to be this high profile luxury real estate agent. That was like the best way to figure to learn is to become an assistant and figure it out and learn from the ground up. So that's what I thought I was going to do when I first started working with him. And then very quickly, I turned from being his marketing assistant into his executive assistant within about four months of working there. And then and then from there, we've been again, working together for 12 years, it went from executive assistant to one company to executive assistant of 12 companies to then that kind of, you know, shrunk down as we, as we grew, we actually narrowed our focus Sure. about eight years in, I went from being maybe six years in, went from being executive assistant to chief of staff. Honestly, the timeline is fuzzy because I just considered myself that right-hand person, whatever the title was. So I do get like the timeline again is a little bit fuzzy, but yeah, I realized I did not want to be a real estate agent. They have a very tough job and it is not for me. (laughs) 
at all. But I did find that I absolutely loved working behind the scenes in the business, hiring, helping, helping to hire, helping to structure the organization, helping to launch new initiatives, helping Adam be the best leader that he could be, helping coach other team members. And, and of course, you know, being the master behind the scenes and making it all happen. So that's kind of how I got started. That's amazing. First of all, I love that dream of you're like, I'm going to be on. So like, not not, I'm going to be on, but I'm going to host my own version. That's the best thing I've ever heard. And then I love that. I'm an introvert. So like, (laughs) I thought I was going to be like this high profile you know, a real estate agent, you know, selling luxury <laughs> homes in like the mountains of Vermont. I have no idea, but <laughs> I love it. And so then obviously starting with Adam and then, like you said, even the timeline is kind of fuzzy because you're just like, I've just been the person like it, regardless of what I'm called. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious because, you know, it used to be sure. Like an executive was in their role for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And if once they found a good assistant or secretary or whatever it was at the time, like back back in the day, you know, they would keep them for that amount of time too. And and that's been different recently, you know, people stay at a job for a couple of years and then they move on to another opportunity. And so I actually wanted to ask about the the longevity there and and what that has been like for you. Obviously you you like what you're doing and and you like who you're doing it with. I mean you've co-authored books together and or a book together and you know you have a whole platform together. So can you just share a little bit more about that longevity? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that's interesting. And because I I wouldn't normally have stayed with somebody, I don't think as long. It and there's two reasons why I did. Yeah. One, because Adam was constantly growing and evolving mm. just a little bit faster than I was. So maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe a lot faster. But I always had someone to like look up to in us in, in that to aspire to up my leadership game and to, you know, he was constantly challenging me. We were challenging each other. If that if that part of the partnership didn't exist, I likely would have moved on to somebody else to work with somebody else. And then the other part is that I have the beauty of working with an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm also very entrepreneurial, although I never I'm an entrepreneur. I don't ever want to actually own the business myself. I love that. <laughs> yeah. However, because of that, I mean, we were starting new companies every couple of years. Yeah. We were going through these growth phases. So, I mean, I was learning something new and, and quite honestly, what it looked, what I was doing as an executive assistant working on his real estate team 12 years ago is nothing like what my job looks like today. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like I was constantly working for a new executive or a, yes. new, a new company. And, and that's why I think I've been there so long. It's just, we were always doing something new. We're always learning, growing and innovating. And I need that in my career in order to, to keep growing and, and wanting to stay. And so I think it, a lot of it depends on who on the individual, like yeah. some people don't necessarily like that and that's okay. And they may be okay wanting to stay in a more stable. I mean, granted I stayed because it wasn't stable, but sure. somebody, somebody may want to stay for, because it's, because it's a more stable environment or they may leave for, for a variety of different reasons. But you know, what's interesting is I've been talking to a lot of EAs recently and, and I've actually noticed that there's been a handful of them who have been telling me lately that they've been moving from one with their, with their executive from one company to the next, which I know used to happen, a, I think a lot, but I felt like I hadn't heard that for like maybe five or six years. 
and it seems to be like reemerging again. And I don't necessarily know why, but it's just something I'm paying gonna kind of pay attention to. Yeah, I I feel like for a while there we were kind of hearing, you know, well, how are you advocating for yourself as an assistant? Because what happens if your executive leaves? Because that means that like that. What does that mean for you? And so to sort of be hearing, you know, actually you can go depending. Obviously, it's going to depend on a lot of factors. You know, what company and. Right. and the relationship and all of that. But that's interesting. I'm I'm glad that, that you brought that up. And also as far as your, you know, longevity and what enabled that in the the sense of it it was a constantly changing thing and mm-hmm. evolving thing and not mm-hmm. in a chaotic way, but in an exciting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that is maybe gonna be a light bulb for someone where they're like, okay, I need to find that kind of executive <laughs> so that I can, you know, have that relationship maintained, but also be growing and changing in in, in these ways. So thank you for, for yeah. sharing your insight on that. Sure. And obviously as a longtime assistant and published author, podcast host, I know that you've thought a lot about how assistants are making an impact on businesses today. And so I'm really excited to ask you our big question of the podcast, which is how do you think assistants are changing the world? And then kind of a follow-up that you can be thinking about or weave in if you want is how are you supporting that? Yeah, awesome question. It's such a big question. Like, I know. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a great question. I'm like, how are they changing the world? Well, I think that certainly over the past, I want to almost say 10 years, like I feel like I've been doing this sort of like I've been so passionate about the executive assistant force multiplier career for probably about 10 years. So I feel like I've seen so much evolution over that time and more recently, probably the past six or seven years, I've just seen such this this shift where executive assistants are taking so much more ownership over and not there's obviously examples of people doing it before. But as a collective whole, I feel like executive assistants are taking so much more ownership over their role, they're starting to feel whether it's from external training and coaching programs and resources like base or through places like the World Administrative Alliance, with the global matrix, a global skills matrix that is providing resources to HR departments and other leaders, I do feel like there's this big movement movement that they're taking more ownership, they're feeling more, imp- they are finding their voices, they're becoming more confident and really stepping into what I know that they were always capable of before and stepping into this power really of being this incredible strategic partner to their executive or to their CEO. So how uh, that uh, that movement in of itself, I think, is amazing. And that is going to change things for all of the assistants that up behind them. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I am hoping my hope is that they won't they won't have to struggle as much to yeah. get the recognition that they deserve, to get the compensation that they deserve, to be invited into the rooms that we know all know that they should be a part of. So I, I that's what I think is that it's really setting up the next generation of these amazing partnerships. And these amazing individuals who are leaders in their or- in the organization, there we still have a lot of work to do. But I just think that there's so many more assistants who are who are willing to stand up and step up and start speaking out about how amazing they are and the impacts that they're making to their executive and to the organization's bottom line. And I think the more that we can do that, um, it is only going to continue to help elevate and bring more visibility to the role to the role as a whole. Definitely. And in case. 
for some like the context clues are there, but can you also just share like your definition of a force multiplier? Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's a great question. Our definition of a force multiplier is the right hand partner to a leader, an entrepreneur, or an executive who helps them build wildly successful businesses. And that's a pretty broad definition, but generally how we define it is usually an executive assistant or a chief of staff. That's how we found that the person kind of shows up the most is in one of those two roles. We know titles can get a little tricky sometimes, but in essence, it's that right-hand partner, often an EA, a PA, or a chief of staff. Amazing. And so with what you were saying about assistance sort of paving the way for this next generation of assistance and all of that. How can you share more about how your work is supporting that? Oh yeah, sure. So obviously, like I mentioned, very passionate about this. So we've been creating content kind of for that force multiplier audience and really for the founders too, because the leaders need to hear it just as much, if not more than the assistants Mm -hmm. do. So we've been creating content for years now. About four years ago, we really formalized that into the book, The Founder and the Force Multiplier. And that so that's kind of our cornerstone resource for executive assistants and entrepreneurs. But more recently, about six months ago, we decided to take the book and into a wider audience, but also to make it a more accessible in that training and coaching accessible in a different way. So we did launch a community at the end of last year where we are inviting founders and entrepreneurs and force multipliers to come into our community to have resources, whether it's training resources, we have lots of free downloads in there, networking opportunities, you can potentially find a great force multiplier or find a great leader in the community. But our whole thing is is just is about the partnership. There are yeah. really amazing resources out there for leaders. There's amazing resources out there for executive assistance, coaching and training. We believe in marrying the two so that we can get these two individuals to communicate really well, to have this incredible partnership so that we started the community. We launched a podcast last year to showcase these founder and force multiplier partnerships because sometimes assistants just need to hear that there's really awesome leaders out there yes. to remember that, oh, I don't have to settle or you know what, this this is not the right opportunity for me right now. However, I know that if I keep looking, I'm going to find that right leader match. Vice versa, there's a lot of leaders who are like, why can't I find somebody who's just kind of like willing to run with me? I'm like, you can. There are so many out there because they're asking me for leaders like you. You just haven't met each other yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So if we can help facilitate those conversations and then get them into partnership quickly and effectively, that's really what we're after. Um, we host some cohorts as well. I mean, I'm a I'm just a big believer in making sure that we're helping whoever comes into our world grow personally as well as professionally. So a lot of I mean, I love doing our cohorts. It's just amazing people on our calls and on our power ups, just talking about life and a personal growth and great books to read. And because it's all about just growing as a person, becoming more confident, working on your executive presence, working on your communication skills, working on your mental agility, all of that stuff is what actually helps you become more effective in your whatever role you're going to go play in in the world. That's amazing. There's so many things I want to pull out of that. So first of all, just the fact that you're about, you know, marrying these two worlds, because I I know so often we hear from assistants, you know, if we're sharing, if we're sharing education at base, it's like, this is amazing. How do I get buy-in from my executive? I feel like that's one of the biggest questions that we hear. And I know you were saying kind of from the other end, even you've got these founders who are like, how can I find someone ready to run with me? And it's just... 
a matter of like, how do we get these people in the same room? How do we get these people aware that like each other exists? Yes. So the fact that the whole premise of what you're doing is based on like, let's not just talk to one or the other. We need to talk to both together mm-hmm. is so needed. And I'm curious. So you mentioned that leaders need to hear some of this as much as EAs do. And how do you recommend for the EAs listening to this? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they start to educate their leaders on their capabilities to help create these great founder and force multiplier relationships? Yeah, great question. Um, well, <laughs> my easy kind of flippant answer is just go tell them. <laughs> just go tell them what they need sure, to know. Just tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's so much that's so much easier said than done. So so what I really like to do, so I like to go kind of a, from two approaches if I'm trying to influence, because it's all, this is what we're talking about is influential leadership. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. We're trying to influence our leader to think differently or influence our leader to take a different look at something, think about something differently, or take a different level of action. So how do we do that? I like to do it in two ways. One, sharing of information and two, asking really great questions. So I, mean, I could go like really in depth on this, but as simple as sharing an article that you read about the, there's some great ones and I'm good. I'm blanking on them right now, but like on time studies about the way that assistants can, by doing certain things within the calendar or being in parts of different meetings, how that impacts the bottom line and the CEO's life in general, sharing articles like that or saying, Hey, I just listened to this really cool podcast. or I just read this book. There's a particular section in it that I know could help us communicate better. Or I think it's a tool that we could use with our leadership team. Or to me, it's just about sharing information, helping them think a little bit differently that also brings more visibility into your own role and your own leadership because they're saying, oh, my force multipliers is thinking about these things. Yeah. Maybe things that I'm not even thinking about. And then of course, ask for the, in terms of the asking questions and just continuing to build that partnership, it's, you can do anything from having more personal, the more personal conversations. Like there's a great tool that I just saw from the Jay Shetty. I think that's what I say. Yeah. Jay Shetty yeah. Podcast. yeah. About seven ways of uh, seven questions to build a better relationship. Like just starting with something like that and in facilitating a conversation with, hey, I really, I found this really cool tool. Could we set aside a few minutes to work on this relationship? Why do we want to work on the relationship? Because when our relationship is solid, strong, it actually benefits the entire leadership team. When we're cohesive, it trickles down to the rest of the organization. We need to model really great communication skills because that's what the rest of the organization is being, is looking at and modeling yeah. after. Uh, to me, it's just, re- it's like saying it and then reinforcing the benefit and the why constantly about why that, why investing into the relationship and partnership is so key. But there's a million other questions that you can ask, whether it's about their goals, their, their, as simple as their goals and their objectives, all the way down to why they're making certain decisions. Because again, that's going to help you get them better information for the future. I think. I think it's just being engaged like to me that's being just being super engaged showing up providing information and resources asking really incredible questions and that in and of itself is influential leadership and that's what i think force multipliers do really well mm-hmm. i love the piece specifically about bringing them a piece of information whether it's you know i read this book or i saw this video or whatever it is, because it, like you mentioned, it gives them the insight into like, oh, my force multiplier, my assistant, whatever is investing in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So, so should I not like, so not only that, but also, you know, they're bringing me something outside of themselves. Like they didn't just come up with this. They did, which not that, I mean, assistants are geniuses as far as I'm concerned, like anything that they're like, I want (laughs) to ask you these questions that I just thought of. Like that's to me as valid as, you know, I listened to this podcast and I want to share it with you. But for 
a founder, for a leader who, you know, their their world revolves around give me the information, give me the data, give me what I need for you to come at them with something specific and say, this is important. Can we, can we look at this? I think that is a really awesome bridge to like start having these conversations. So thanks for sharing that piece. Um, And then you also mentioned that part of the work that you're doing is potentially even matching these people together. And I'm curious though, if you could give a, a tip or a piece of advice for people on finding their great partnership, what would it be? Yeah, that is a great question. So from a leader's perspective, I i mean, I suppose you could think about it from from, from both ways. But particularly from a leader, if they're going to, if they're looking for a high level executive assistant, I say high level, but what I really mean is like high impact executive assistant, they need to be a high impact leader. Like Mm. there's so many leaders who are like, I want this rock star who's worked at, you know, Amazon and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but are you at all like Jeff Bezos? (laughs) Yeah, who are you? (laughs) And not from like a fame perspective, but just like a... Are you showing up? Are you are you learning how to make decisions really well? Are you studying how to hi- hire and lead people? Like all of the things that go into being a really great leader. Like, are you showing up that way? And if not, start there and then share that. Like share what you're doing, share who you are, share what you're working on, because that in and of itself is going to attract talent to you. I much prefer a, like a, a attraction marketing, but in general, yeah. attracting talent rather than having to go out and do like a headhunt. So that's kind of one way from the leader, but force multipliers can do that too. How are you showing up? Are are you sharing your thought, own thought leadership on LinkedIn? Are you putting it out there into the universe that you are looking for opportunities? And are you sharing who you are looking to partner with and why? Because you have this particular skill set or you know you, you know, you can make an impact in XYZ industry. Like, are you putting that out there? And I I just, yes, there's a very a lot of traditional ways, but to me, it is it's about are you investing in your own personal and professional growth? And then are you being very thoughtful about sharing that? and being really clear about who you're looking for on either end of it, whether it's that leader or whether it's that force multiplier. Yeah. And I think what you're mentioning is that initiative that it takes to share, whether from either end is it's evidence that like, I am the kind of person who I say I am, Mm -hmm. who I say I want to work with. Like I am that caliber of person because I'm willing to to put this out there. So Mm -hmm. I love that piece of advice. I'm curious before we close out this conversation, are there any threads we didn't get to pull on all the way or any kind of last minute thoughts you want to share? Not particularly. I just really appreciate everything that you and Paige have built. And I know there's probably some other partners in there that I'm not, I don't know their names, but your company was one of the first that I think I really ran into when I was looking for executive assistant resources, you know, way back in the day. And so I just want to thank you and your entire team for continuing to be so committed to this conversation, because as we know, with most things, they kind of come and go, but you guys have always stayed really, really committed to the mission and continuing to build resources and to iterate over the years. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Wow. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. And I'll, I'll receive that on behalf of Paige and Casey and, and the team too. So thank you for that. And then 
yeah, I know we've talked about the book, we've talked about the community and things that you're building, but is there anything else that you'd like to promote or a favorite resource you'd want to share with us? Yeah, sure. So, well, obviously I love books and love reading. So if anyone's on Goodreads, you can go Mm. find me. Let's go connect over there and share book recommendations. But yeah, I know we talked about a bunch of resources, but the best way to get connected with me or get connected to any of the stuff that we talked about is to just go to founderandforcemultiplier.com slash welcome. You can access the book there, the community programs, other resources. It's all right there. Awesome. We'll make sure that we get that all in the show notes. And as usual, it was a pleasure talking with you. And thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Courageous Help, brought to you by BASE. Learn more about how BASE is helping modern assistants maximize their potential at basehq.com or find us on LinkedIn at basehq or on Instagram at the BASE app. Don't forget to subscribe to Courageous Help wherever you get your podcasts.